This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. All right, and this week again we have a special guest joining me is my brother, Logie Bear. How's it going, dude? It's going good. That's my least favorite nickname, but I couldn't come up with anything better, so we're going to stick with it. <laughs> I gave you a, a full bear. day. I gave you a it full was... day. I told you yesterday, hey, come up with a better name or you're going to be introduced as Logie Bear on the podcast. There's, and you not, come up with there's not much you can do with this, so I thought it's, I might as well. All right. Well, now you got to embrace it. All right. What do you got for us this time? Logie uh, Bear. Yeah. So for Poo Poo Team of the Week, there were there were a pretty good amount of candidates. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with our our four nominees this week. Um, so the first nominee is Middle Tennessee. <laughs> um, so Middle Tennessee lost at home to Rice, and that was Rice's <laughs> first win of the year. Um, first Rice one of the decade, bad. right? No, not of the decade. Oh, but, okay. Um, okay. It, I mean, imagine Rice being a team that had not won in a decade. Uh, but rice has not been good recently and so it always sucks because it's probably going to be rice's only win of the year so that's that's no good to be a team's only win that year yeah that's, um, that feels bad yeah uh the next team is texas is a poo poo team of the week nominee really? uh, they lost at home to iowa's or they lost at iowa state their fourth loss of the year they're really down on themselves but the reason that i love this so much is the kicker who made the game-winning kick his time expired for iowa state his last name is ass alley <laughs> that's amazing you, so you lost alley. you lost to ass alley yeah you took a walk down ass alley and you <laughs> lost and and ass alley just lined it right up and right down the middle straight right down, down the alley middle. right down yeah, that alley. straight right in between it was perfect um so dicker the kicker could not beat ass alley the kicker uh, um and it mostly just texas has just lost all hope this year so yeah. that's pretty great i love that seeing how they've kind of just imploded so that's pretty cool um and then uh, the next nominee is going to be Minnesota, who mm. we were all hyping up. We were all so happy with with their upset win over Penn State. They looked so good. And then they went and lost at you guys Iowa. it last week. Freaking yeah. Iowa, dude. I hate Iowa so so much. Just the whole so state much. or just that one? Well, now I, I, used, to only hate, I used to only hate Iowa, the, the university. But now... Now I yeah. hate the whole state. Yeah, vendetta against the entire even, state. Even Iowa State fans, I hate you because you're associated with Iowa. The state of Iowa. So both the state of, well, so the state of Iowa, Iowa State, and Iowa are all just the three things you hate collectively because they are all one and the same. Exactly. They're just the worst of the worst. Yep, that makes sense. Um, it, well, I mean, it makes sense because that is the rivalry that we refer to El, as El Asico. Right. So <laughs> it makes sense that Ass Alley will be, and just all of the worst of the worst is all from Iowa. Yep, exactly. So, um, and then the final nominee and the winner of Poo Poo Team of the Week is 
Baylor for had blowing a twenty-eight to three lead versus Oklahoma. Yeah, it had to be twenty-eight to three too. It had to be. Yep, twenty-eight to three, the magic number. You never want to have a lead that's twenty-eight to three. It does not matter who you're playing. It does not matter how much time is left. If you are up twenty-eight to three, you will lose. I, I don't remember who tweeted Guaranteed. it, but they said from now on the rule is if you are up twenty-one to three and you score, you must <laughs> go for two. Go for two. Yeah, or just miss the kick. Nobody has come back from a twenty-six to three or twenty. 20 or 27 yeah yeah that was bill conley i uh, love bill okay that is bill you're right yeah he's the best it's officially statistically proven now that you should you should go for two there yep and so it it really is just this incredible incredible one uh we were making a bunch of jokes there were jokes all over twitter all over everywhere about the atlanta falcons <laughs> like the atlanta falcons tweeted like the hands to the face emoji. The face palm. Just, yeah, the face yeah. palm. Yeah, it was so good. It was perfect. It's just everything yeah. you hope it would be. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite college football like people is Stephen Godfrey oh, yeah. uh, from Banner Society, and he is a diehard. Well, maybe not diehard, but he's an Atlanta Falcons fan. He grew up in in Atlanta, right? And so he has talked multiple times about how like twenty eight to three will haunt him to this day. And then for Baylor to lose 28 after having the 28 to three lead, he has like said multiple things of like, just don't even bring it up to me. Just it's (laughs) it's too early. It's not enough time has passed. It's a sensitive subject and I love it. Yeah. It'll never get easier. Baylor fans. I love it so much. 28 to three will always be a dagger to the chest. Yep. So I love that. Uh, Baylor was our poo-poo team of the week. It's fitting because I feel like we had talked about TCU the past couple weeks and that rivalry, so yeah. it just keeps coming back yeah. to them. It's been a recurring so, theme. It's been, it's been destined that they should should yeah. come as a poo-poo team. And they've been circling the bowl for so long, and they finally were the poo-poo team of the week. They finally got flushed. They finally got it. They were one of uh, the only teams outside the top four that were undefeated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're like Minnesota had lost. What, like and they had a solid shot at oh yeah at actually making it and yeah. and doing well. Same with Minnesota, and all it takes is just a dumb loss. I didn't think Minnesota would make it anyway because I figured they'd like they still have Wisconsin and then the championship game against probably Ohio State. Yeah, and so I didn't think they'd make it, but they were. I mean, Baylor had a fairly clear shot, and they yeah, still after this win, I was convinced. Yeah, that was like dumb. When I saw twenty eight to three, I was like, "Oh, I guess Baylor's going to the playoffs." Yep. Yeah, I turned the game off because I I was like, "Oh, this game's over. Baylor's going to win this one and move up." But I was shocked when I came back and they had lost it. Yep, that was an ugly one. Yeah. So, well, and if you had just told me the end score, I wouldn't have been uh, shocked at all. I, I actually might have been more shocked that Baylor kept it that close. That's but true. The fact yeah. that they. Had a twenty-eight to three lead and then lost. Like and they held Oklahoma to thirty-four points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, in all reality, Baylor had a pretty good performance, but you can't blow a twenty-five point lead and expect people to be like, "Hey, good, good showing." Hey, at least yeah, they kept it close. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, after man, twenty-eight to three, I hope you didn't get blown out. Yeah. 
So uh, congrats to Baylor. You are the poo-poo team of the week. Um, So there were a couple other just little things I want to talk about. One of them is, so you remember how like a couple weeks ago, Pitt was playing, I think it was Penn State, and they were down by three with like two minutes left. Or no, they were down by a touchdown with like a couple minutes left. And their coach decided to kick a field goal on like fourth and one in the goal line. And how we made fun of that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that made me hate Pitt so much. Like, that's such a p***y play. So, uh, guess what happened this week? Oh, no. We do it again? So, it's a tie game with five <laughs> minutes left in the game. They're on the goal line. Uh, it's fourth and goal. And they kick the field goal. <laughs> Did they make this it time, this time at least it was a tie game. Yeah, I was gonna say at there's least, an argument. At least this time there's the small argument that points to actually that three points actually matter here. And yeah. that, that the game before three points made yeah. zero difference in that game. They had to score at least seven to win it. Yeah. You can make the argument that there was still five minutes left on the clock and they trusted their defense to get a stop, but when you're down seven with a minute to go, you really can't bad. justify that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, but so it's still week, you still should go for it and try and try and score a touchdown there. But at least it's justifiable. It's justifiable, yeah. yeah. So Pitt kicked a field goal, and then they were playing against North Carolina, and then North Carolina went on a little drive and kicked a field goal that sent it to overtime, and then Pitt won in overtime against North Carolina. Oh, so it ended up insane. paying off for them. You Boy. got my hopes up. I thought I, I thought the way you were leading it that North Carolina was gonna pull out the win and I was gonna be so happy. I was gonna instantly be a North Carolina fan. I mean, I do kinda like their men's basketball team, but uh you know Well, I, I thought you were watching this game because this was the the Pittsburgh team that played on Thursday night that was the most interesting game, right? Well, neither of what you said was true. Well, I mean, I guess they are a Pittsburgh team, but they're not the Pittsburgh team, and it definitely was not the most exciting I mean, what, game of the what's, week. What's the name of the university? Pittsburgh. That's Pittsburgh that's University, Pits- though, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's it's Pittsburgh. They are Dumbass. Pittsburgh. Um, so the next one I want to talk about was I love the fact that Oregon State right now is in second place in the Pac-12. North. Are you serious? At five and five, by the way, in case At anybody's out there thinking right that now. maybe Oregon State is having a stellar year. No, they're they're in second place at five and five. They're five and five. They need to be either Washington State or Oregon to make a bowl game. But as of right now, they are in first place in the Pac or second place in the Pac-12 North. And wow. able to ruin Oregon's hopes of a playoff, like and Utah's and Utah's, yeah, collectively. Oh yeah, which would be an incredibly Pac-12 thing to have happen. <laughs> oh, like it's destined at this point. I, yeah, I, for I'm Oregon gonna, State. I'm to... not even gonna be shocked. I'm just no. expecting at this point Oregon State's gonna beat Oregon. Utah's gonna beat Oregon in the playoff or in the championship, and in then the Oregon championship. Utah's gonna be put at five. Yep, yep. I think that's that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna say, well, their their best win was against a number fifteen ranked Oregon, so that's not good that's enough. Insane. So we're going to put in Alabama, even though they didn't even play in a championships. But let me tell you, we value championships. We're the NCAA. I guess they're not. They're the playoff committee. But 
Then it's a playoff committee that has nothing to do with the NCAA, which is also ridiculously stupid. So, yeah, but um, they're also equally dumb sometimes. Equally yeah. biased. And definitely hypocritical. Yep. So they're they're real stupid. You can you can understand um, why I get them confused. One of the benefits this year, though, is I think the head of the committee because they rotate. If mm-hmm. I remember correctly, the head of the committee is has some connection to Oregon. Oh. It's like a former AD from Oregon Oof. or something. So they oh. think that that could like be really beneficial for the Pac-12. Is it going to be beneficial if they both go in undefeated? Well, I guess it's really hard to keep out undefeated Utah beating an undefeated Oregon. Well, one loss, one loss. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you're right. You're if they win out. My bad. If they yeah, went out, they went out is what yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the big thing is right now with how Utah is it seven Oregon's at six uh Georgia is at four and Bama is at five um Penn State is at eight this is and AP, Oklahoma right? is at nine and these are the play this is the CFP is rankings. the new one that came out oh it yeah. it just came out yeah, yeah it just came out, came out. oh ago. okay so sorry I missed that right now LSU Ohio State and Clemson are one two three okay. and then it goes Georgia Bama Oregon Utah Penn State Oklahoma and that's to nine Okay. Um, and then Minnesota, I think, is number ten. I didn't write yep. that down. Minnesota's at ten. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the important thing to note here is next week Ohio State plays Penn State. Yeah. That's huge. So I think Ohio State should win that game. Absolutely. But if they do, Penn State's out of the running. They have two losses. No two loss team is ever going to make the playoffs until they expand it. Done. Um, then. We have we still have it where Bama cannot get any quality wins. Two is out. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LSU is going to play Georgia. That's going to give Georgia their second loss. Probably that kicks Georgia out. Yeah. So that leaves as contenders um, Bama, Oklahoma, and then whoever wins the Pac-12 championship. Based on how they have them ranked right now, I think it's safe to say that the winner of the Pac-12 will be able to jump Bama because Bama won't have Tua, won't have any quality wins other than Auburn, who might be number 15. Um, And they'll jump them in and be in. I think Utah and Oregon both have a clear path, assuming that games go in the least chaotic way right now. And more chaos generally is good for, for underdogs. Yeah, at this point, at this point, they should win out. They don't yep. have they, they should. neither of the teams they played this week are over five hundred, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who does Utah play next week. Colorado. Oh Colorado. yeah, yeah, and they're yeah they're are all four teams under five hundred. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. Or 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 at least five hundred. Oregon State is five hundred. Oregon right Oregon State is five hundred right now. But yeah, so they're all like yep. not looking great. Yeah, so, so they yeah. should win out, which means should the winner out. of that championship should be in the playoff. Yep, I agree. And um, and one thing that's important to note, and I, I also don't know how much this really plays into it, but with how the Pac-12 hasn't made it recently, there is a reason for the committee to favor the Pac-12 a little bit over the Big 12. Okay. Just in being that's like, funny. well, I mean, Big 12 made it last year. Pac-12 makes it this year. We'll see. You know, it's not to say that every year that's what they consider, but the Pac-12 hasn't made it recently. 
and so I could see it being, yeah. yeah, yeah, since the first year. So I could yeah, see it being Oregon where they go. was really, really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't Mariota, was it? It was Mariota. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. backed by Ohio State. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Just, just uh, a complete foreshadowing of Mariota's career in the NFL. <laughs> um so another thing that i heard that i agree with um it, it obviously mixes a little bit but leaving oklahoma out and bama out which is what i think will happen and putting them against each other makes for a really good bowl with a great narrative of jalen hurts leaving bama and then playing them at the end That's of his career true. that is true i hadn't thought of that I had thought of that either till I saw it, and then as soon as I saw it, I said, "That makes sense." It's just a shame that Tua wouldn't be playing in that game because it would just be a really good revenge game for Jalen Hurts. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a great matchup too. I think it'd be oh, fun. Yeah. That'd be such a good game. I think. But with, yeah. without Tua, it's not as. Who's their backup quarterback? I completely Mac forgot. Jones. Okay, Ooh. so there's a reason yeah. I forgot. I I mean, the guy's probably a five-star quarterback. Oh, yeah, probably. He's probably really good being that he's an Alabama backup. He started one of the games this year, I think, against Arkansas, and he had a pretty decent game. Oh, yeah, it was like the first time that – it was like the first time in like 12 years that Saban has had to play a backup quarterback as a starter. Oh, yeah, that's so crazy. They've had incredible injury luck at quarterback. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, That's which so I do think you can credit part of it to having a really good offensive line. That is true. But, like if yeah. quarterback, and they don't but, necessarily have the most mobile quarterbacks usually either. Like yep. Tua well, can move, but he's not Kyler he's, Murray running down the field. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Because you know, I mean, Jalen Hurts is probably. Yeah, you just yeah. you just keep him in the pocket, keep him safe, and that's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that should be that. That'll be good. Um. So it sounds like it's a good time to talk about Tua's injury. Yeah. Um, so there's a big thing with the narrative that's going across, like all the college, like all the sports reporters, talking about how dumb it was that Tua was in the game. They are up 35 to seven. Why was he even playing? It was the second damn quarter. <laughs> it was not even halftime. Yeah. Like, are we really going to say like? a 28 point lead halfway through the second quarter is super safe. Like we just saw Baylor blow a 25 point lead. Are we not thinking to Oklahoma that, um, uh, Ole Miss could maybe pull the comeback. I don't, I wouldn't expect him to, but are we really going to act like 28 points is just such poor sportsmanship to keep your starter in. And Nick Saban even came out and he said that they were just going to run a two minute drill with two, uh, just, just to get some reps in, and then they yep. were going to sit him. But He doesn't yeah, exactly. get that many that quarters to play. He still has to be able to – I mean, they're, 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 they're assuming at this point they're going to the playoffs. Whether or not it happens yep. or not, they, they have to be assuming in their minds that they're going to the playoffs. They yep. have to get there, – there's a complete difference between reps in practice and reps against a live team. Even if, it, even if it's Old Miss where their defense is going to be worse than your defense. Yep. Oh, it, exactly. It's still better – in terms of you need those live reps to say he should have been sat in the second quarter, sit down. It's a hundred percent hindsight. Cause you can't, you can't predict an injury like that would ever happen. No. Oh yeah. And that's the thing is going into the play where he got hurt. No one was sitting there saying, Whoa, why is Tua still in? 
Yeah. It's the second quarter. Like, it's understandable. Now, if this was happening in the third quarter, I, I see an argument there. It's not even halftime. You keep your starters until halftime. Like, it goes back, and I think this is part of what Saban was going for, was right now Bama has to have an argument for why they should be in above somebody else. Yeah. And so I do think there's a part of the run-up to score. Of, yeah. yeah to see. It's, it's the old Boise State model of just – it doesn't matter if you beat somebody bad if you beat them 70 to 2 or 70 to 3 let's not give them a safety yeah. but <laughs> like <laughs> run up the score run wild and people can't have the argument of you didn't beat anybody good because at least you beat them by a mile yeah um and so i think that was part of it i don't think it was necessarily that Saban was trying to run up the score but you don't pull your starters early and just try and squeak by an injury if you're trying to make the playoff and you know that there ha- there's going to be a debate about it. Exactly. Absolutely. Like, there's no reason to sit him here. Like, I don't think... Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I can't imagine a, a good argument that would state that they needed to sit him other than, well, he could have gotten injured. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, but if you play the whole game scared, why why start Tua at all? I'm sure their backup is good enough to beat Ole Miss most of the time. Well, then, there is and, that and, argument that I kind of get where people said, why did Tua even play? He's already injured. He didn't look healthy in the LSU game. I get that narrative. So my thing is, if he plays in the game, he plays and keep him like normal. But I also think if he's not totally limping off the field, let him get the reps, let him get back feeling good because he didn't have that great of a game against LSU. Get him that confidence back yeah. and make it so that way for the Auburn game, he feels a lot better. Yeah, yeah. If if they didn't have Auburn, it's probably, I, I almost guarantee they play it differently. Yeah. But Auburn's a big game for them. They have to win that game and they have to win that game convincingly too. Yep. They can't yeah. have some narrow win over a number, what, 15 Auburn by the time number they're Number 16. Number yeah, 16, 16. Oh, yeah. at that time, when, I mean, yeah. And I think they might have a tough time now. I mean, they were playing very conservative when mm-hmm. Tua went out, and they only scored three points the rest of the game, and Mac Jones only had seven completions for 94 yards. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do this week. I think this is their FCS opponent. Yeah, it's, it's all the SoCon games for so, all the SEC teams. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting game for them to lose. Yeah, this would be a, yeah if they lose that would this be one, amazing. wow. That's like the Patriots losing to the Jets. Oh, like that's, It that's would be even. celebrated around the league. This is like the Patriots losing to Utah State. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, it's more them losing to the Dolphins, but no, at be, the very least. It would be incredible. Um, yeah, I just... I don't think Bama has much of an argument to make it in anymore unless they can no. look absolutely incredible against Auburn. I just don't think they will. No. Um, I think Utah and Oregon both have a good shot. Yeah. I don't know who I think is better of the two. I think they're both really good. It just It's whoever pulls out the win. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, so Utah and Oregon got lucky here. I also think, as, as weird as this sounds, that this worked out for Tua. So... If he had played out the rest of the year, whether or not they went to the playoffs, he's likely getting drafted top three. So he's either going to the Bengals, the probably the Redskins, or the Dolphins. Okay. Instead, okay. 
because of this injury, he probably drops a little bit. You have organizations like the Chargers at 11, um, or at least they're at 11 right now. They they might lose a few spaces. Um, the Saints. Yeah. You got, you got these teams further down. Like, you want to be Lamar Jackson, who gets drafted 32nd to a great organization that's going to be able to let him succeed, not Baker Mayfield having to try and resurrect a dead organization. Okay. So assuming this injury okay. isn't, like – lasting effects on him i think this actually works out for two as i see that yeah i, I can definitely see that um because i know one of the things that people first talked about is how this was the same injury this is the exact same injury that bo jackson got that ended his career but there was a difference in medical care that happened okay. and actually what really ended bo jackson's career is that there was a loss of blood flow to oh. his hip and they weren't able to address it very quickly And so that killed a lot of cells that were like in his hip area and they weren't able to heal properly. And that's what really ended his career. It wasn't per se the actual injury, but the repercussions of it. So what's Uh, the prognosis? Do they think he'll have a hundred percent recovery on this? Do you know? I think so. I think that's the general idea. That's what I was thinking Um, when I said he got lucky. Yeah. Like is, is assuming he has a hundred percent recovery. He got lucky here. Yeah. And one of the things that I do think is a really big red flag and, you know, it happens in college sometime and you never really know how much it'll carry Two has never really been able to stay fully healthy. No. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm a team, even before, I think that would have made it. So Joe Burrow was a little more favorable. Yeah. Um, but now it, it makes you wonder as he starts falling a little further and it's like Justin Herbert versus Tua and, you know, however far you want to throw him down the ladder you don't know how healthy he'll be long term, and that's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah I don't even know if I would take um, him over Jordan Love at this point with yeah. his injury issues. If yeah, if unfortunately, if we were talking about the Jordan Love that I had in my mind at the beginning of the season, the twenty eighteen Jordan twenty eighteen Jordan Love, I would a hundred percent agree. I would, I would, I would take Jordan Love over that Jordan Love over mm-hmm. Tua right now. Yeah, because I and here here's my thing, and you never know, but I I can I can really see it be the case where there's an NFL scout that says, "Hey, Jordan Love did really well in this offense, and that's what we run." Or you know, he did well when he had a good offensive line, and we trust our offensive line, and we think he'll succeed here, and we're gonna get that guy. But I don't think they'll draft him super early because I think he will be like the steal of the draft is what it'll be. The so how far falls. do you think he far falls? Like, are you thinking like fourth round falls? Um, so right now it looks like he is projected to be probably the sixth or seventh best quarterback in the draft. So however far you think that means, I think probably late second, early third. Yeah, that's right. What I was thinking. Okay. So, so even there, like it, it kind of, depends on the like where it falls but when you fall that far you have a lot more likelihood of like a team that like the you know again like maybe the chargers wait until the second round yeah you even know, the patriots is, yeah the pa- i i the reason i say no on the patriots is they already have a really good backup in uh is it stidham i can't remember it oh jared stidham yeah I think oh, I, I think he's, he's actually okay. really good, um, and they, 
the Patriots usually draft closer to the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Yeah. When the uh, I I mean, who when knows what happens if yeah. Stidham doesn't work out and um, Brady retires? If they would draft someone higher, I don't know. But I yeah. I don't think until then they draft someone before the like the fourth round. Um, yeah. Yeah, because my big thing with Love right now is I think most of Love's errors are errors that you can look at and and blame it either on he doesn't have weapons around him or um, poor coaching. Because when he had weapons around him and he had good coaching, he looked great. He doesn't have weapons around him, and there's we don't know how good his coaching is necessarily. And so yeah, their offensive line has had a lot of turnover yeah, from last exactly. year. So he yeah. hasn't had as much time to make throws as he did last year. Yeah. So I think it's easy for for an uh, NFL scout to kind of hand wave a lot of these problems away. Now, whether or not they're legit, that's I'm not I don't know enough. But the fact that these scouts still love Jordan after his struggles make me think he's not just like there's a lot of people who are like oh he'll probably come back to Utah State now. No he won't. Even if he no. drops to like the 3rd or 4th round, that's still the right choice for him. I mean, I would at this point I think dropping to the 4th to 6th round I mean, I guess you're less likely to get an immediate start that way. Yeah. But personally, I would way rather start the first couple years of my career as a backup at say Pittsburgh. Yeah. Then being immediately thrown in the fire in Miami or Cincinnati, somewhere like that, where oh yeah, exactly, you're just in a dumpster fire, and you're probably going to get rushed onto the field. You're going to get judged really quickly. So if you're not yep. like a hundred percent NFL ready, it's it's probably kind of beneficial to fall down, assuming you get one of these good teams. And and yeah. I think that's why he would fall later into a later round with a team that already has a quarterback situation yeah, figured out. There. So he yep. could be trained under them like a Patrick Mahomes or like an Aaron yep. Rodgers. And, and I, think, I don't think he's ready to step into a starting position and turn a franchise around. No, but exactly. I, I do think he would bend really benefit from something like the Patrick Mahomes model, maybe even two years yep. instead of one year. But I think mm-hmm. he could very much take a year or two and just learn. Because he has, I think he has the fundamentals and all of these absolutely un- un- intangibles that you want. I think everything that, like, I think like, you're getting at is everything that you can kind of go against Jordan Love can be coached away. Like, whether or not somebody is able to do that, we'll have to see. But I think all of everything can be coached out. Yep, yeah. I totally agree. And I think it's just the general idea that if he can sit behind somebody for a little bit, he's just going to be in a better spot yeah. because he'll be able to to look at it and learn. I mean, maybe this isn't the best comparison, but I do like looking at, at Jimmy G and just with how he had some time to sit. He wasn't just made the star day one. When you compare Jimmy G or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, like I, I when I think of most of the great quarterbacks of the NFL – very few of them started day one. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? almost none of them. Almost none of them did. The best guys had at least a year to kind of learn the system, adjust to the size different, 
size difference, speed difference of everybody, and then go out. Because what happens if you go too early, you just get rattled and mentally you're destroyed. And I think that's a little bit of what's happening to Jordan Love this year with Utah State, is mentally he's afraid that his line isn't going to hold for him. He doesn't feel confident that his wide receivers are going to catch it. And so he's making poor decisions. Yeah. And so what you need to do is you need to have it be where early on in his career in the NFL, reestablish that confidence and make it so that way he's not so jittery so early. Yeah. And he'll do fine. Yep. Um, And so the last game of last week that I wanted to mention, um, and just real quick was, so Texas tech was down to TCU 17 to zero and then 24 to three. And then they came back and took the lead 31 to 30 and then lost 33 to 31. So that's an ugly one. That's a that's a rough one. Yeah, that hurts to come all the way back and then and then to lose, to lose it. Um cuz that's old Matt Wells at Texas Tech and oh, uh yeah. I I Alex, I know you'd enjoy this. I was telling Hannah while watching the end of that game when I wasn't sure who would win. I said, "You know, I'm a little I'm a little like split on this game because you know I want to see Matt Wells and David Yost do well and Chucky Keaton is there as a, as a assistant coach but you know I've always liked TCU I've always been a fan of TCU so I know you like that because apparently it's impossible to be a fan of multiple teams so no 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 <laughs> it's it's not it's not that you're a fan of multiple teams it's that you're seemingly fan of Every team, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's all of a sudden. I mean, Mason always liked the Seahawks and has some connection to the Seahawks, and then the next year he's all of a sudden likes the Baltimore Ravens and has loved the Baltimore Ravens since he was a kid. He even had a Ray Lewis jersey when he was a kid. Oh, I did. Like it's just that you were and you were a Green Bay fan, and then you were a Forty ers fan, and you were this fan, and then you were this fan, and it's just like okay, so you're a fan of every team. Just like, have loyalty issues. Yeah, that's that that that's what it is. I'm, so Alex, what is my fantasy football team name? I'm gonna forget exactly what it is, but it's basically fan of all teams or all yeah, teams are my I love favorite. all teams equally. That's my <laughs> my team. Yeah, that's how we feel. Like I know that's not how you feel, but that's how we feel sometimes. Like except for like well, I, everybody and then like the Dallas Cowboys and the Patriots, obviously. But yeah, they don't. They're not even worth mentioning. No. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fantasy not. football, how'd that go last week? Yeah, uh, I got Alex, spanked. Did you, who did you play? I don't remember. I kind of blacked out. I think you played all the all teams equally. Well, yeah. I probably did. So yeah, so that was a good one. Um, yeah, my 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 running back went out at the beginning yep. of the second quarter injured and this and that and a bunch of other excuses of why you put up 141 points against me. It's okay. I'm above both of you by two games, so it's all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm in eighth place right now. <laughs> I was in fourth place last week. Hey, to be That's fair, how close our me and you are both tied for fifth place technically. Yes, technically, but because of tiebreakers, I'm in last place. Yeah. So, uh, just to do the quick preview of the the college games this week, there's not that many. I actually was pretty disappointed with the slate this coming week. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the Penn State Ohio State game yeah. is going to be really good. Really, yeah. um, hopefully, I hope it's good. I think Ohio State's going to kill them. Um, I think the line on that one 
17 what? and a half. Yeah, it was pretty big. I mean, it's at Ohio State, so... Yeah. If it was at Penn State, it would be completely different, but at Ohio State, I understand that line. Yeah, yeah, and I, I expect I expect Ohio State to, to cover just fine. I was going to say, I expect Penn State to cover, not by, like, keeping it within a touchdown, but somewhere around that two touchdown, somewhere between, like, oh, 12 yeah. and 14 points is where I put it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I but, can see that. You know, uh, the Vegas seems is, to know more than I do, so we'll talk about that Ohio a little bit State later. Ohio State will have um, Chase Young back, so that'll be a, a difference maker. Um, and I think yeah, he'll be hungry. Sure. And frankly, it's the whole idea of when somebody gets suspended late in the season, he'll be healthy, he'll be rested. He basically just got two bye weeks going into this game. Yeah, not to mention the fact that he's kind of he was on Heisman track. I don't know if they're still considering him on Heisman track. So he, if he has any motivation to get the Heisman, it's going to push him even that much more because he's like, now I have basically this game to earn myself the Heisman because everything else after this is kind of, I guess, yep. championship. But. Yeah, he'll have the championship and, and to show off against Michigan, but he he needs to – every game has to be incredible for him for yeah. him to be able to win it. He's likely and not going to win it. Even then, he still point. won't. But, yeah. yeah. Like, there's no – but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so then one of the other games that looks good – is Texas versus Baylor. Um, I just think it's interesting to see how Baylor will bounce back. Texas has lost quite a bit this year, but I still think Texas is one of the better Big 12 teams. Um, and I really think it's probably just the idea that outside of like the best team in the Big 12, I think basically anybody can beat anybody. Um, so I could see Texas beating Baylor. Um, Baylor is a 9-1 team that should be seven and three fair. Um, and I think if this was a seven and three team playing Texas, who's now six and four people would probably lean towards Texas. Yeah. Probably. Um, and so trying to look outside of just that record, I think Texas is probably a little better, but this is college records. The only thing that matters. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And <laughs> when you win is the only thing that matters. That's why uh, Oregon and Utah are in a good spot. Or what conference you're in when you win is what matters. Yep. You got to lose early, win late. That's all that matters. Um, Then the only other two games that really looking at just a a quick schedule that interested me um, was they're both Mountain West games. So Boise State playing Utah State will be interesting because the winner of that can win the division. Um, if Boise State wins it, they clinch the division. If Utah State wins it, it will be a three-way tie between Boise State, Utah State, and Air Force. And uh-huh. it'll be weird to see what happens, but probably Air Force will come out of it as, or sorry, Boise State will come out of it as the champion. Do, do, do you know what the tiebreakers are yet? Yes. So the first tiebreaker is record head-to-head in the teams involved. Right. Well, Boise State beat Air Force, Air Force beat Utah State, and in this scenario, Utah State beats Boise. Okay, so there's that that doesn't break it. Mm -hmm. The next tiebreaker is um, record in division. Well, all three teams, their only loss is to each other. It's in division, so that doesn't work. Um, There's another one that is – oh, I remember what it is. Record against the other division – Okay. Um, all three teams are three and zero against the other division, so that won't work. 
um, it wow. actually goes all the way down to where it is the highest ranked team in the college football poll or highest ranked team in a computer poll. Um, it, which will probably end up being Boise, even if Boise loses to Utah state, yeah. um, they could maybe peek back in, but the computer polls will like Boise more than air force or Utah state anyway. Yeah, for sure. And so it'll, it'll go to Boise, but the big difference is that the, the whole thing changes if Wyoming can beat air force on the last game. Oh yeah. Because Utah state plays uh, New Mexico and should win that one easy. Boise state plays, I think Colorado state and they should be fine. And that doesn't matter quite as much, but if Utah St- or if air force loses to Wyoming, then it's just a tie between Boise and Utah State, and Utah State would have the tiebreaker. Okay, so... I don't see it happening. I don't don't think Wyoming is good enough to beat Air Force, but Colorado State almost just beat Air Force. They should have beat Air Force, and it would have changed everything. I mean, Wyoming almost beat Utah State last week. I think Wyoming's good. I just think Air Force is really good. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Okay, so uh, if Utah State somehow beats Boise State this week, we're becoming the biggest Wyoming fans outside exactly. of Wyoming. Of course. Outside of Wyoming. And we may even be cheering for New Mexico to beat up Air Force at the same time. Oh, yeah. I just don't see that ever happening because right oh. now Air Force is favored over uh, New Mexico by 22. So that's not the upset we should expect and cheer for. No. So, um, and then the final game is the San Diego State versus Hawaii game. Um, and the winner of that one will win the division. Nice. For sure. Um, and that's also a funny one where if San Diego State wins, they just clinch it easy. Nobody has, like, they're just fine. Right. But if Hawaii wins, then it would mean that Hawaii, San Diego State, and Nevada all have three conference losses. And so then it goes to tiebreakers there. And it actually, San Diego State would be the first team eliminated because they have lo- they would have lost to Hawaii and Nevada and Utah State. And so because they lose the two head-to-head there, they're out. And then Hawaii beat Nevada, so they'd win it up front. Wow. So technically, it would be a three-way tie, but Hawaii is the one that would go to the championship gotcha. game. Nice. So there's a there's a non-zero chance that Utah State and Hawaii meet in the cha- in the championship game. Hmm. That would be pretty pretty Almost. cool. It'd be pretty sweet, yeah. and I would feel confident in Utah State winning that game. I don't think Utah State would beat San Diego State again. Um, though the championship I, game would be hosted in Utah because Utah State has a better conference record and beat them head-to-head. So it doesn't matter how you want to count it, they would have it in Logan. Hmm. And that would be a good help. I don't know. That would be, be cool. weird. be really weird to have this year be the year that we host the Mountain West championship game. The year As that both of us moved to Utah? Seven and eight and moved four. out of Utah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That would be, the, that would be the year we would... Team. We would host the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, be so dumb. Um, so those are the games that I'm interested in. Okay. Um, I think the Mountain West Championship game will be Boise State versus San Diego State, but there's certainly a, a clear path for it to to be otherwise. So okay, cool. Yep. 
And that's all I got for today. Okay. I have a question for you, Mason. Okay. Are you still fired up about the Rudolph Miles Garrett? <laughs> I can yeah, I can I can get fired up about it. <laughs> okay. Cause then, then we're gonna talk about that first. Okay. So beautiful. In case you are living under the world's largest rock, Thursday night football, the Browns were clobbering the Steelers. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just let the wordplay come. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 21 to 7. Very late in the fourth quarter. Um, Miles Garrett gets a great sack on Mason Rudolph. Well, he didn't even get the sack. Wasn't it? I thought it was Mason. No. Or... It was uh, Rudolph threw it, and it was. It, I mean, it wasn't like a late. Okay, it wasn't really late. Oh, you're you're right. You're right. That's that's what I, I apologize. Yeah, he didn't get it the wasn't sack. Wasn't the passer, but it wasn't a sack. He, he got there right after he threw the ball. I forgot. Yeah. Anyways, so after that, Mason Rudolph kind of like grabs, kind of looks like he's trying to take off Miles Garrett's helmet, and um, this starts a scuffle. At which point, they get up and Miles Garrett does take off Mason Rudolph's helmet and yep. starts to walk away. Well, it, a Pittsburgh player, uh, one of the Pittsburgh linemen, kind of gets in between him and kind of pushes him away. Uh, okay, I wasn't sure if he was pushed or if he had started after the Steeler yeah. player got in between I, I mean, it was pretty, like, at that point, it was kind of fizzling down a little bit. The Pittsburgh player kind of got in the middle. That yeah. was it. And then Mason Rudolph, wanting his helmet back, I'm assuming like runs around the lineman trying to get up in the face of Miles Garrett. Yeah. Terrible idea. And Miles Garrett in that moment decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to attempt I'm gonna to hit him. I'm going to try and kill this guy and potentially end my career. So he takes yeah. Mason Rudolph's helmet, not his own helmet. Mason Rudolph's helmet that he just ripped off. And let's go back a couple weeks where Mason Rudolph got one of the nastiest hits I've ever seen and just Oh, yeah, that was him, wasn't it? So he's dealing with probably concussion issues still at this point. Miles Garrett takes Mason Rudolph's helmet and bashes him over the head with it. And uh, after that, everything just went to hell. At one point, they tackle Miles Garrett, and one of the Steeler players starts kicking Miles Garrett um with the, one of the browns i think defensive linemen comes up and like pushes mason rudolph from yeah. the back down to the ground he came up and pushed him he, just he pushed, pushed him. him and he said i'm uh, new in town <laughs> tell me what are three things about you um anyway so this thing just got completely out of control miles garrett has been suspended indefinitely Pouncey, yep. who's at the guy the who was, yep. uh, yeah, at least till the end of the season. Pouncey, who the guy was, he was the guy kicking, got three games, and then Ogan Joby, I think is, yeah, Ogan yes. Joby is the guy that pushed Mason Rudolph to the ground from behind, and he got one game. Yeah, and Mason Rudolph just got fined thirty five thousand. Oh, he did get a fine on it. Yeah, he I knew he was going to get a fine, but he did Adam get Shepard a suspension. Just reported it today, and yeah. you are pissed. He should have got one game, is what yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. He because, is so here's my thing. 
it's the whole idea of you look at when things were escalating, you look at things who, that initialized the fight. So obviously Garrett's hit was a rough hit and it was a little bit late. It wasn't super late. And I understand why Rudolph was mad, but it wasn't so late as to be like, that's the dirtiest hit, you know? No, but you also have to know that they're on a four game win streak. He's been looking pretty good. And all of a sudden they're getting clobbered by their rivals, the freaking Browns. Yeah, I totally agree. So so he's probably fuming at that point. Yeah, Rudolph is super frustrated, and so he then, upset with how Garrett hit him, twists his helmet and looks like he's trying to pull his helmet off. Yeah, but he got the QB muscles. Yeah, and as Garrett is getting up, he's like kicking at him, and you can argue he kicked him in the nuts. You can also say he basically tried to push him away with his leg, but it just happened to be his nuts that he was pushing on. So what I saw was he wasn't originally kicking at him. Look at it like he was like his legs were like flailing because he. Yeah. Took, I don't know how many fights Mason Rudolph has been in in his life because it, it can't. He be doesn't many. look like he knows how to how to fight. Yeah, oh, he definitely so his, doesn't. His legs were flailing, and then at one point he goes to like kick him off him, like just push him off with his foot, and it's it's in his groin uh, yeah, and area. I think that's, he was kicking him off of him. He was pushing him off of him, but it was right in the testicles. Yeah. And so though that alone, I don't look at and say like, oh, yeah, that's horrible. Um, like had the fight ended there, had it been where Garrett gets up, like even pulls his helmet off, Garrett gets up, um, the lineman gets in between him and it ends there. I think it ends there and it's fine. Prop, maybe a one game suspension or some penalty for Garrett just to that point. But I think the fact that as it was kind of cooling down now, it was quick. But Garrick went, Garrett went back and was screaming in his face. Um, and then that's when – or Rudolph went and was screaming in Garrett's face. And that's when Garrett reacted and hit him. I think it's the fact that he kind of reignite, reignited it. He escalated the situation. That's enough for one game. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't need to be a crazy suspension. I agree with Garrett's suspension. I agree with all the rest of the suspensions. It's that Rudolph deserved one for the fact that he kind of initialized it, and then as it was kind of cooling, he escalated it. Yep. We wouldn't be talking about any suspensions if Miles Garrett hadn't taken the final escalation clobbering over the head with a helmet. If they had just gotten to a scuffle and kind of pushed each other, we've seen punches thrown this year yeah. with zero suspensions. A scuffle between the teams would have ended probably with zero suspensions. Yep. So I'm taking from that what Mason Rudolph did wasn't enough to get suspended because without what what Miles Garrett did, this we weren't we wouldn't be talking about this. I wouldn't have known that this scuffle even happened because I wasn't watching that awful game. So the thing is, you can't take the actions in a vacuum. You cannot look at each action without proper context. You have to look you're, at how thi- at what things happened, what it caused. You're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a the, the, the legal term of reasonable suspension. So would a reasonable person assume that Miles Garrett is about to bash him over the head with a helmet or take it to the point where it was gonna be that bad? I so, think he just was trying to, again, a Would scuffle. a reasonable person expect that a fight would break out? 
Let's not talk yes. about the helmet. But that's fine. I think but, the NFL likes a little bit of fights between rivalry, as long as it doesn't so, get to where they bash a helmetless person over the head. But if a reasonable person is going in expecting a fight, I'm okay with a one-game suspension. I, if, if, if you I, have a player I, that knows that a fight's about to start and is going into it for the fight, I'm okay with a one-game suspension. Especially because the ejection means nothing. Why then did none of the other t- players who rushed to Mason Rudolph get suspended then? They know they were going to a fight. Because we don't know that they're going to fight other than going to pull people away. Did the players come off the bench Mason in Rudolph a fight? didn't throw a punch. He didn't, throw, he didn't push him. He ran up to him and called him a bitch. Or no, that was he when said. he got pushed on the ground. <laughs> he turned around and okay. called the guy a bitch. Okay, whatever he did. He didn't throw a punch. He didn't start a fight. Yes, it's probably Well, he did expected. start the fight no, no, by no, no, trying no, no. to pull the helmet off. He didn't start a physical. Uh, I mean, he, he did instigate it. I, that's why he did get the $35,000 fine. Agree. That's like, I 100% that's agree with this. Fine. That's what, what Adam Schefter said is the $35,000 fine fine is as a first-time finding offense. For I'm 100% okay with the fine. That's what should have come out of this. Yeah, I'm fine with the fine. If, if Miles Garrett hadn't smashed him with his helmet, there was probably would have been a fight. There would have been a lot of fines. Zero suspensions. Yeah. Which... Yeah. yeah. So, which, which so you can't tell me that what Mason Rudolph did deserves a, a fine, or I mean a suspension... If without what Miles Garrett did, a hundred percent, not what he expected, but because he bashed him over the head with a helmet, like there's, I, I I'm never gonna agree with you that he should be suspended. I'm just never going to. I think that's so ridiculous. I I see where Mason's coming from. Where if you include it without Mason uh, instigating the fight, we don't have any of this, and that's that's how I could justify a fi- a suspension. But I get where you're coming from that. If it wasn't for Miles Garrett bashing him over the head, we're not talking about this. Um, Pouncey or whoever it was doesn't get suspended, and there's no no more talk about this game because it was a terrible game. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think we can all agree that I I I do get what you're saying, but I'm never gonna agree with you. Yeah, and I I see what you mean as well. You're so, just wrong. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. That's... Um, how long would you like to see Miles Garrett suspended for? I just think the end of the season. Yeah. So, does he have a track record like he he had the two he, games he, that he got in trouble for this year at the beginning okay. of the season? Yeah, he has. I think games, in one of them he threw a punch. And he has kind of just a reputation of being dirty. So that and like he kind of perpetuates that with the late hits. He's got been fined. He's been. He also so, got punched when he was in that car earlier this season. Oh uh, yeah. I don't really know the story around that. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. So, so I can't, I cannot, I cannot believe what I'm about to say, but Skip Bayless <laughs> said something smart. Really? Right. Okay. On this topic, he said, Miles Garrett 100% should be suspended this, this year, and then he should be suspended at least one game next year. I'm okay with a one game next so year. So that it kind of sends that message of like, we're okay with the fighting. We never want to see this again. So okay. it kind of like reminds them next year of like, hey, like, don't do this. This is, 
I, so, I honestly think it should be a little bit longer than that. Like, oh yeah, it's it that a helmet swung like that is a deadly weapon. Like, I I I I don't blame you. Can't blame the this concussion part into it. There's no way Miles Garrett in that moment could be thinking. Well, he had a concussion two months ago, so he's or two yeah. weeks ago, so he's probably more susceptible. I mean, there's there's no reasonable way to suspect or, or no. ex- expect yeah. him to think that. But it is still a deadly weapon swung at a defenseless player's helmet, or I mean, at, at his head, without yeah. a helmet. So I'm okay with I would I would say like three games next season or less is what I would say. See, I was anything before, more than that so. I think is excessive. I'm okay with like up to three. I don't think he should, but I see what I, I see what you're you're saying. So how many games are left in this season? Six, five, uh, five. five. And then I the would Browns, the they make the playoffs. Yeah, ten game is is like where I'm like the max, five, and then at least five this season, and then five next season, just to send a message because it's not like it's a first time offense for him. Yeah, and, and and it's it's like let's be completely honest. One, if the helmet was the other side way, and he hit him with the crown of the helmet, that could have a hundred percent been deadly. There's no doubt in my mind if you hit him with the crown of the helmet in the and the top of his head he could have just crumpled and died mm. like and like with the bottom like i know he did hit him with like the bottom of the helmet yeah, he was it, just trying to put the helmet just trying to put it back on no he was trying to do yeah, and that dude's he's life, like i'm sorry for but, taking your helmet off i'm trying to put it back yeah, on. here you go here 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 is it back yeah. put it on so like i think they need to send a message with something like this yeah. where it's like this was so bad yeah, like I'm thinking, yeah, either nine or ten suspension game suspension. I would not be shocked to see them ban him for life, but I don't think they would. I think it would be. Oh, I think that's excessive. The, I think the most likely would just be for the rest of the season, but I would like to see at least like a ten game suspension lasting yeah. next year. Yeah, just, just so you never see this again. Like this has. This is the dirtiest, most like disgusting play I've ever so, seen in football. So here's the thing. And there were all these NFL people that were just like, this is unthinkable. This is unimaginable. <laughs> but it was in the rule book that this is a thing that people do. So at some point, this is this stopped being unthinkable and unimaginable. I agree that it's bad. I agree that it should have a good penalty to it. But yeah. at the same time, I do think there's been a little bit of pearl clutching by NFL people of how dare our violent sport be introduced to violence. Yeah. Fair that that is fair, but like that, there's a level. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, think there's, there's I think there's the kind of that yeah. understanding between the NFL. Like, listen, we might be on opposite team, and I might hate your guts, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we're here working a job. We're trying to get paid. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, you gotta have that like mutual. Like, I don't know. You don't even need to call it respect, but the to the to the point of I'm not going to try and end your career or your I'm not life. I'm going to try and murder you. Yeah. 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 Like that has to be an expectation. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I never said unthinkable and manageable. Like I'm shocked at this point that we haven't seen mm-hmm. more people swing a helmet. Mm-hmm. I'm just the fact that he actually like connected and it was just really it was it was awful to watch. I think the fact that it was the overhand yeah, because yeah. there was a player a couple years ago. I saw footage of it that he ripped the opponent's helmet off and then hit him with it. But it was kind of like an undercut, 
And so it, is it the one that hit him in the back? Uh, I think I saw that one too. I think there was like a Miami game in like 2004. Where did he? Was but I think that's Titans? his. I think that's his own helmet, though. But he. Used oh, you're talking he like about the guy in the Portland back. Finnegan and Andre Johnson. Oh yeah, I think that's probably Titans. Titans. Yeah, yeah, where it was like he hit him with it, but and it. it I think it's the just the fact that like with Garrett, there's there was the wind up that you can see yeah, so clearly weird. as it comes down, whereas yeah. like other ones where it's more like short, it just doesn't look as vicious. I think it's just as bad. It just it's not that picture perfect vicious. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot longer than I thought we were going to talk about that, but um, yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Um, so I think we need to talk about the kind of the the other. I guess I'm going to call it a non-football story for the, for this year, even though you know oh, it is all football. The big story, the other major story of the week, yeah. the major story with Kaepernick. Yep. Um, so. This 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 whole thing we we talked about this last week. This whole thing was a show from the beginning. Yeah, like yeah, the NFL screwed up. Like they 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 scheduled this game on a Tuesday that Saturday and wouldn't let him reschedule. I yep. have no idea why this couldn't be the off season. Like why why how many teams are looking to pick up a quarterback week week twelve? Yep, like. This could have happened in the off season. He could have been given months to prepare. Like, I'm wondering if maybe a couple teams reached out and were like, "Hey, we're kind of interested in Kaepernick, but we kind of like don't. We wanna. don't want the publicity. That's what I've heard. I've heard that there are a couple teams that that were interested in him, but didn't want the publicity of working him out. Yeah. So that, that didn't work out. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and my my whole thing with that one is. That that's so dumb because if a team is so scared to work him out, really, are we going to pretend that they're actually going to sign him? Right? Are we going to act like they're going to work him out and go, "Oh, he is still talented"? It's the like, thing that everyone has been saying. Yeah. The the yeah. fact and that we all kind of sudden just change their mind. No, they're that's not going to change anything. Yeah. And then, so so, the whole getting this thing, I have no idea why it's in Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta is the only stadium that would allow him to try out. Or maybe Atlanta yep. was one of the teams. Who knows? But I, I think there could have been a better location, a better timing, at least more forewarning. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can kind of understand if you're like, well, we didn't want him to all of a sudden have all this time to get back in shape. And it's like, one, he's clearly yeah. still in shape. And two, like, yeah. you could have at least given him until next week. Yep. Like, yeah, so... My my whole thing with the Kaepernick thing this week is I think the NFL was being super dumb with everything, but Kaepernick shouldn't have moved the workout. I think he still should have done it in the as a private workout. I know there were questions with the waiver, but at this point, I think it's. It, I, I mean, I still I still support Cap, but I think it was dumb to burn or to not let those bridges be rebuilt um, of having that workout. So I can kind of see both both sides, but that was an awful contract. No lawyer was going to let him sign that contract. I don't know if you you, you how much you've heard about that contract, but that contract no. basically guaranteed that he couldn't sue them for collusion. That's the uh, big thing. There's yeah. a few things I guess wrong with it, but the big thing was by signing the waiver, he could not sue them for collusion. Hmm. 
for for and this wasn't a if you get signed by a team it's like by accepting this workout you will not sue us for collusion hmm. which which could have again some people have brought this up that could have been just the whole ploy is they were the just trying to get yep. him to sign this yeah. this contract that he wouldn't sue like and so that just the contract itself was bull like okay there's no way he was supposed to sign that you there's no um i i do kind of get this whole like reason we want this expectation of like if we let you back in the league and then you fail you're not going to just turn around and sue us and say oh this is collusion and you can see because i'm so good but now i'm not succeeding in the nfl so it must be collusion Mm -hmm. it's like I, you kind of have to be all in or all out. So I, I kind of get it, but I think I, get that. I think I think that should have been a deal with him. Like, hey, listen, we need to know that if you get signed by a team, you're going to play by our rules. Yeah. And yeah. that's where Kaepernick screwed up even more than the NFL. So I actually have no problem with him moving the workout after, after learning about that contract. Okay. So, but everything he did after that was bad. Um, yeah, I think he. I think he came into it with with a plan because he had that Kunta Kinte shirt on, yeah. and I think I think he came in it into it with a plan to somehow have a media ploy with it and say, "I'm not going to play by your rules. I'm not going to conform to what the NFL owners want. Like, you either want me how I am." And you're gonna see how talented I am, or I'm just gonna move on because he's already made his money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so here's my thing. The... All okay. he had to do is what I said to, to AB: shut the fuck up and play football. It's all he yeah. had to do. Exactly. If if yep. if, if he showed up to the workout, worked out, said, "I want to thank the something like to the fact of I want to thank the NFL for giving me this opportunity." I couldn't sign that contract. My lawyers wouldn't let me sign that contract, but I'm glad that I was able to work out. We're going to send mm-hmm. this tape to 30, all 32 teams. If you want to interview me, I'm available and something like that. And then if he hadn't been at let, let in the league, then he can start all of this massive. Like I was never actually given a shot because yeah. he can clearly throw the ball. Um, yeah. I wish he would have run a little bit more in his workout. Cause that's kind of what his thing was is he was Lamar Jackson oh, before oh. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like, I I need to know that you're gonna still be able to move. Yeah, do like a forty. Like, yeah. let us know yeah. your forty time, stuff like that. You know, yeah. but I mean, would have been good. Instead, he um, like made the tell your owners to quit being scared, and I've been yeah. ready for three years, and all this garbage. It's like, dude, all you had to do was show up and play, and yep, you yeah. won. Either you're added to a team. Or you have all of this ammo of, oh, I was never given a real shot. This was just a media ploy, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But he couldn't even just shut up for a day. Yep. So one of the things that I yeah. think is really interesting is, so the workout that he had was an hour out of where he was an hour away from where he was going to have it. And it was at a public high school. Right. Public high schools, you can't just show up that day and be like, hey, can we have a workout here? Yeah. There's like you have to go through a permission process and on a Saturday that's going to be even tougher to have, to be able to get a hold of the people that are within the school district that can give you that clearance. Yeah. So unless they, unless they have some sort of in to say like, this is why 
we were able to get it that day, I think it's obvious that Cap planned to move the workout. Now, whether that means he got the waiver early and they were discussing it and they they said, we don't want to sign this, and if we don't, we'll move it, I don't know. But I don't love the fact that it was I, – I think it's clear going into it, he planned on moving it. Yeah. yeah. Like this was – a bunch of people have been just saying that Kaepernick doesn't want to be in the NFL. He just wants to be a martyr. This is all a media ploy from him as well. Yeah, and like I, I, I hundred well, I mean, percent see too, that angle. It, the NFL wanted a PR showcase, and Kaepernick turned it around and tried to make it his PR showcase. Is what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think the was... NFL just wanted to show, oh, we're giving him a chance. We put him in front of a bunch of scouts, and they didn't want him. Yeah, uh, yeah. but he was, he turned it around and turned it into his own media ploy, yeah. and got his narrative across. Trying to get his going. Yep. But he just didn't get it across effectively is my problem. No. I think no, he could have done not. that so much better. Don't equate your struggles to the struggles of slaves. Like no. yeah. come on, dude. You I can't... don't I don't know if he was necessarily trying to put it across the slaves. I think he was doing it more the story of Kunta Kinte. Uh, I don't know if you know the story of Kunta Kinte. I looked it up today. It's a slave that was brought across, and his owner tried to change his name to Toby or something like that, but he didn't want to conform to the slave. And as much as they whipped him, he didn't want to conform and like change his ways to the slave owners. And I hmm. think that was the message Cap was trying to get across, that no matter how much you discipline me, I'm not going to change my ways, and this is who I am. I know I'm talented, and if you want me, great. If not, I'm, I'm fine with where I'm at, but I'm not going to change. If if that's really where if that's really where he is where he's like I don't care at this point if you let me in the NFL, I think that's a fine move. I still am not a, I I'm still uncomfortable with him equating himself to a slave, even if it's just the story yeah. of the slave. There's so Very many other stories he could have chosen. Yeah. That, that reflect mm-hmm. that that I I just he could have played this so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even even if he had just shown up with the shirt and worn the shirt to the press conference and then said his piece at the press press conference, that would be fine. But the fact that he made all these backhanded comments, it just showed to me that I mean, guess like you said, he's not going to change, and that the NFL is not going to let him back in if they think he's going to continue starting trouble. And that's all this week proved was like, even if you let him on the team, he's going to be causing trouble, and nobody yeah, yeah. wants that. So and nobody wants that. Yeah, he just. It's whether or not he actually wanted to be in the NFL or if this was just a, well, they're never going to let me in, so I might as well make my my move, I guess. Yep. But I agree with that. I don't know. There's there's not much more we can say about that because we don't know his intentions. We don't know it directly. And so, I mean, I, I was discussing it with somebody the day of that was very critical of uh, Cap and was talking about how it was just – you know, his whole career, he's just shown he doesn't want to listen. And um, there are a couple of things that were interestingly worded and interestingly related. But um, I think with the Kaepernick workout, it was one of the it was like the uh, oh, the Bruder film where you see what you already think is happening. Mm, yeah. Um, a lot of the people that don't support Cap saw it as a guy who is just a problem child is just going to cause problems and it's not worth it. 
and they planned it all along and you know the NFL was being gracious and he was gonna sign with somebody there were multiple teams that wanted to sign him and he ruined it and then there were the other people who think that um and looking at everything it was clear that the NFL was trying to screw him over and Kaepernick was you know just trying to do his best and it's with the lack of information we have you just see what you already expected yeah. i don't think anybody's minds were changed over the weekend it's just it just is another case in the in the story. I would consider myself one of the people that was changed because I thought I don't know. I guess I'm dumb. Maybe I I maybe underestimated him is maybe what I'm looking at. Maybe I underestimated his his ability to stick to his ideals. Hmm. I expected him to want more to be back in the NFL. So I thought he was going to try at least a little bit harder to say Hey, like I, I know I've damaged this relationship, but I'm gonna yeah. at least try. Like I'm still gonna be me, but I'm gonna try and like at least keep it civil. Whereas, like, yeah, I was hoping he would. Yeah, I, I was hoping he would. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't expect it. And honestly, with how there's the lack of information on the actual waiver and on what happened with Kaepernick trying to move it and things like that, I just, I don't know if there's enough information for me to really say who the villain in this story really is. Why did the NFL I think they were both dumb. I think they both were bad. They both were the bad guy and they, they both lost. Um, yeah. All right. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm going to be honest. That's just getting, I want to talk about football through this next little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to, I'm I want to talk about girly, but, Okay. I'm going to come back to that if we have time because I it's not like a top story this week. It's just something I want to talk about as a Rams fan. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I kind of want to get more to – well, and Logan's on the podcast this week. And Logan, you're an Eagles fan. Um, yeah. So we were kind of joined during that draft when we yeah. had the first and second pick and we picked Goff and you picked Wentz. Um, yeah. And so you kind of you kind of made comments about how they're both kind of in this limbo of between elite and mediocre, kind of where you kind of equated them to Andy Dalton. Yeah, that's that's kind of like Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, those kind of quarterbacks where we know that they have talent, but are they ever going to do anything with mm-hmm. that talent? And Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl last year, but he didn't win, and so and looked bad. Oh yeah. And he hasn't looked good since. Yeah, no. He, so like, yeah, last year, that game against Kansas City, he outbattled Mahomes. He looked oh yeah, crazy good in that game. He looked elite. He looked, he made it look like we were going to see him and Mahomes battling for the next 10 years. Like, yep. I, I, I mean, there's, there's other quarterbacks in the mix, obviously, but I, I, I think that they, at that point in the, the season, it looked like, that the Rams and the and the Chiefs are going to be battling a lot. You're going to be kind of these top, in in the top five teams a lot, and these quarterbacks are going to be dueling. And we he just disappeared. Um, part of what I was going to talk, I, I guess I can just steal this from what I was going to talk about with Todd Gurley. Um, okay. So I the big thing with Jared Goff, at least this year, is his offensive line has been garbage this year. Um, and, and 
and as much as you want to hate on and on the quarterback, no quarterback is going to look good when they don't have protection if they aren't schemed that way. Yeah, um, that's what we've seen with Jordan Love this year. An offensive line makes a huge difference. Yeah, hundred yep. percent. So, um, one of the glimpses of a hope that the, the Rams fans can hold on to is the Net Bears game. That offensive line looked like they kind of fixed their stuff out. So, um, the they had two rookies on the the right side of they had the right tackle who's Bobby Evans out of Oklahoma, um, mm-hmm. who was filling in for Rob Havenstein, who's been pretty good right tackle um and then right guard david edwards who's listed as a tackle and actually played right tackle last week against the steelers and struggled um but this week they held that right right side strong so um i am we i'm optimistic about how our our offensive line is going to play in the future Um, okay so i'm so the, the thing is though Jared Goff still in that game was making missing easy passes. Um, not so much as he was in the Steelers game, but he still missed a few easy passes through some just really bad interceptions that it's he Jared Goff throws some beautiful balls. And then occasionally it, he'll just throw the ball where it's just like, what the hell were you thinking? Like you were never mm-hmm. going to fit the ball in there. Like I, I want to, oh, yeah. like I wish I could be Sean McVay on the sideline. Like, what the hell did you see on that play that thought you could throw that ball? Yeah. And then on the flip side, Jared Goff has one of the best deep balls in the game. He he throws, especially off play action, but he throws one of the best deep balls I've ever seen. It's just so accurate yeah. and just when drops he's on, it in he's the on. pocket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is also getting Todd Gurley going. Um, and... He looked, Todd Gurley did look really good against the Bears. He had 144 all purpose yards, which is obviously the most he's had all year. Um, yeah. It's important to note he did have like almost 20 carries this game. And I, I, I think that's Todd Gurley's thing. Like, I think Todd Gurley is a true three down back um, mm-hmm. where he needs to be playing, th- like t- getting at least 20 to 25 carries being in most of the game where he's involved in the pass game. He's involved in the pass blocking game and he's involved in the running game and he needs to get in that rhythm that wears you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those people that gets three yards, five yards, eight yards, five yards, five yards, 30 yard touchdown. Um, He kind of just wears you down and he'll finally, he'll eventually find that hole and break a deep one and giving him 12 carries. He's, he's not, giving him eight carries, he's never going to get that rhythm and he's never going to be able to wear him down. So my thing is, I wasn't going to talk about this, but now I'm talking about Todd Gurley. Um, if, if Todd Gurley isn't healthy enough to get 20 to 25 carries, his career is basically over. He, he could be like a middle of the pack running back. But if yeah. he can't withstand 20 to 25 carries a game, he's never going to be as good as he was. He's never going to be a top back, and he's never going to be worthy of the the contracts he's been given. Yeah, and that's that's one thing is he he's not playing up. I mean, he played really well against the Bears, but he has not played well enough this year to justify the huge contract that they gave him. Right. Um, and that's one thing that you see with Wentz and 
Goff that they both got huge contracts this summer and neither of them have played even close to what they're being paid to do. They both look like game managers at this point. Yeah, Jared Goff has looked like he has the worst contract in the league right now. He has the biggest cap hit of any player next year. Yeah. He's not playing like a player that deserves that. So Yeah. What I I haven't been able to watch as many Eagles games as you. How how have you felt about Wentz this year? What do you think he's been doing well? What do you think he's been struggling with? And how much is to just blame on the fact that Deshaun Jackson and his other wide receivers have been injured? I think it's really important to note that he's been without Deshaun Jackson the entire year. Week okay. one, he looked really good with Deshaun Jackson, and he had his he had his best statistical game all year in week one. Mm-hmm. To be fair, they played the Redskins. Yeah, but. He hasn't had Deshaun Jackson since um, he's Alshon Jeffrey has missed, I think, three or four games. Um, and Nelson Aguilar has been his number one receiver for half the season. And Nelson Aguilar has just had a hard time catching balls when it's really mattered. We've had three games really affected that we, the first two games, um, we would have won if he could have caught the ball. Yep. Um, and then against the Patriots. It would have been a different story. But with Wentz, I just see him being playing very tentative. And I think that has a lot to do with him being unable to trust his receivers. Okay. Um, week one, he was playing really free because, I mean, he really trusted Deshaun Jackson over the top. And so you saw him letting the ball loose and just throwing it deep. But with the receivers he has now, uh, Ortega Whiteside, uh, Mac Hollins, and Aguilar, he just doesn't really trust them as much. I mean, he has Zach Ertz, he has Goddard that he checks down to quite a bit, um, but that's the problem is he's checking down too much. He actually has the second worst um, yards per attempt in the league right now. Wow! And it's like he's not putting the ball downfield, and he's not playing like a, I think his contract is 128 million dollars. Yeah, he's not playing up to that. He's playing like 128 million dollar game manager. And when the running game is working with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, it wins games. But we need him to really step up, and that's hard for him to do with the receivers he has. And so I don't think it's as much on him. He missed quite a few throws on Sunday, and I would put that loss on him okay. for the most part. Um because our defense played about as well as you could have asked of them. Yeah, they did. Um, Carson Wentz just didn't execute. Granted, um, I would missed... ask how much of that is that the Patriots offense isn't very good, but go ahead. No, that's, yeah. But uh, our defense did about as much as they could yeah. to put us in a position to win that game. And, I mean, Carson Wentz just was not the $128 million man that he should be. And... I'm interested to see how he's going to bounce back against Seattle. Um, we should have the upper hand against Seattle. Not the upper hand, but Seattle's traveling to an East Coast team. It's an early game. Um, so we should have that advantage. Yeah. I but, mean, the Seahawks are, spoiler alert, they're in my top five this week. Yeah. No, so, they're in mine as well. But um, that's the one upper hand we have against them. And it'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz does. Um we should have Alshon Jeffrey back. Hopefully we have Jordan Howard back, and we'll see how we do. Because the Seahawks defense hasn't been great. No, they haven't. So, 
Yeah, I think Jordan Howard coming back is actually a big deal. Um, And then, honestly, it's just how much your secondary has healed. Yeah. Um, Jalen Mills coming back has been huge. Yeah, that definitely helped. Did you have someone leave the Patriots game injured? Or am I making Uh, that up? From the secondary? Yeah. I... Maybe he just got like a stinger or something stupid. Yeah, I don't and just left anybody. for a play, or maybe yeah, I'm thinking of a different any, team. I okay, don't think we have I'm probably thinking of a different injury. game. I've watched a lot of football this week, um, but yeah, neither neither of these players. I mean, both of these players were touted as like. I mean, obviously they're f- the first and second overall pick, and it was really close between who was who they were going to pick number one, um, and they're not playing up to that. They're not playing up to the contracts they were given. Yeah. Um, and like part of that can be attributed to 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 fault on their team, the injuries on their team, but they just haven't been playing. I mean, Wentz before that injury was having an MVP year, like in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. When he got injured against the Rams, um, he was, he was having an MVP year. He looked like one of the best quarterbacks. Even early this year, we had people saying that Wentz was the number three quarterback in the league. I mean, he was rated by pff as the number one quarterback at, yeah at some point and i i it may be an overreaction to just one game um without weapons and one season without any real receiving weapons um but it's just worrisome for me to see us put that much money down on somebody and then see him regress when you would expect him to to grow just imagine if that was your second player that you just paid a huge contract to that, that has all of a sudden stopped producing and you yeah. also have a bunch of other players that have huge contracts on your team. Like we, the, the Rams style of trying to win the game in free agency with all these big contracts with like is fine and dandy if everyone's healthy and everyone's playing. Mm-hmm. To, to the to their contract but when you have injuries and you have players who aren't playing up to their to what even what their contract would 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 expect for them yeah you're gonna have issues that's the or, same thing that happened with the eagles this year the the two biggest signings or pickups from the offseason deshaun jackson and malik jackson are both out for the year and so like the two biggest guys that we brought in other than jordan howard are injured and Jordan Howard's injured. Yeah. So Yeah. So um, it'll yeah. be interesting to see when he gets those guys back how that'll how that'll affect. So we don't plan. need to spend any time talking about this, but I I I have this picture in my mind of the future of like how football is gonna be played like semi virtually where like okay. the the players will somehow be controlling themselves but it won't be their bodies that is getting thrashed if if that makes any sense like some robot stuff out there yeah so we're like Mm. almost like virtual reality but you're actually like controlling yourself somehow but it's not your body so the injuries don't actually come into play yeah that's 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 my mind so where i want to see a league where every no player is ever injured, no backups ever get a and chance, and to see who who, who wins because I think unfortunately, I mean maybe I'm just biased because 
in that situation, assuming that Jared Goff could turn around, the Rams are in a very good place because they have one of the more talented, like, teams without depth. Yeah. So to, to just be playing with, like, your first team benefits the Rams. Anyways, that's, that's, that's something I fantasize about sometimes. Um, yeah, Elon Musk on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... I just really quickly wanted to mention that uh, before we get in our top tens, that this week has to have the best primetime lineup of the year. <laughs> so Thursday yeah. night we yeah. have the Colts playing the Texans. Okay. Now these aren't like, I mean these two are two potential playoff teams, and it's likely whoever wins this game wins it's the division. division. Um. If the Colts win this game, they're technically going to... So they have the same record right now. If the Colts win this game, they're technically one and a half games ahead because of the tiebreaker. So, and okay. so that make, that becomes a really big deal with how the schedules and... and like, So the one game advantage of winning the game is huge, but the tiebreakers p- could potentially come into play. Is Brissett back for this game? I believe Brissett is expected to be back for this game. That would be big for them. Yeah, so, I mean, without Brissett, the Texans probably run away this game, and it probably looks very similar to that Ravens-Texans game of last last week. Yeah. Um, who knows? And then Sunday night, we have a very key matchup for this year, potentially de- determining who has who gets a buy and who doesn't with the Packers playing the 49ers Sunday That's night football. That's a really good game. That'll be a really good game, you're right. I would, I would hope so. Um, I probably give the advantage to the 49ers only that the Packers defense has had a really hard time stopping the run. And that's kind of the 49ers thing. Like they're going to beat you with the run and then Jared yeah. Garoppolo is kind of just going to manage the game. Um, so they kind of have a small advantage there. I do have the Packers as the better team though. So, um, I, it's a getting pretty really good game. That's all I'll say. And then Monday night, um, rate the Rams play the Ravens. Um, mm. The Ravens probably win this game, and it's probably not that close. The Ravens are just really good, and the Rams are kind of the struggle bus. Something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that offense is amazing, and their defense is nothing to scoff at either. That That's secondary got so much better with Marcus Peters. I'm so happy Marcus Peters is working out for them. Um, he already has a few interceptions. Like It just seems like he fits their defensive scheme a lot better than he did at the Rams. Um, hopefully it's not like with the Rams where the first like first seven, eight, nine, ten games, he looks really good and like, like a good pickup, and then he kind of just goes to mediocrity. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's that he just fits the Ravens system better and he just reaches his potential. Um, but yeah, that should be a good game. Um, and then I guess, do you want to share your, your top 10 really quick? Sure. Um, do you, do you go top, you go 10 to one or do you go, I go, I go 10 to one. Okay. So 10, I had a 10 was the hardest one for me. Okay. Um, I wanted to put the Cowboys at this spot. I just had a really hard time that, Kind of had to do with my Cowboys bias, but um, yeah, well, coming I off definitely. this week's game, I just couldn't 
put them in there. They don't really have any convincing wins. Um, yeah. We'll see. Their upcoming schedule is going to be really tough. Um, so they're right outside my ten, top 10. Okay. Uh, at 10, I have the Bills. The Bills are 7-3. and three. Um, They're a decent team. Um, I just have questions about their offense. I just don't know. Yeah, that's the how one thing. Their defense, I... their defense has been stifling this year, but their offense has been questionable. I, I do think it's important to note. Um, I do think their offense gets better in bad weather. Oh yeah, it definitely helps as they get in into the bad weather. They're used to playing in that cold, and so yeah, teams coming up there, especially Dallas coming up. I think Dallas plays there in two weeks. Okay. Yeah, That'll that be a right. tough game for Dallas. Yeah. So I have the Bills at 10. Okay. I have the Rams at 9 coming off that win against the Bears. They looked really good. Um, I think they have a lot of potential to. I mean, it'll be really hard for them to win this division. With, I th- I'm going to say it's impossible for them to win the division. Yeah. yeah. It's getting pretty close to being impossible, and I don't see them stealing the wild card from the card, the, the Seahawks but I have them at nine. I have the Vikings at eight. Uh, Kirk Cousins has looked surprisingly good this year. Stephon Diggs yeah. has really stepped up. Their offense looks good. Um, They're winning Dalvin, without Adam Thielen, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have the Chiefs at seven. Okay. Um, they had a really good start to the year. They've gone, they started four now, and then they've been three and four since. So they've been pretty shaky. Mm-hmm. but I still have them as my number seven team. The Saints I have at six. Wow, okay. Uh, we'll see how they do as Drew Brees gets back into the hang of things. I think they just had a rusty week last week with him coming back, um, but they looked better this week. I have them at six. I have the Packers at five. Um, we'll see how that goes this week with them playing the 49ers. Yeah. I think they have a really good shot of at coming out of the NFC and going to the Super Bowl. They are my pick right now to go to the Super Bowl. Same. Uh, wow. Four, I have the 49ers. Uh, I have the Seahawks at three right above them. Those two are, I have them really close together. Yeah, so do I. Um, I just put the Seahawks above them because the Seahawks did beat the 49ers. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out and see who steals the division there. Yeah. Um, it, this week is big for both of them, the Seahawks in Philadelphia and the 49ers at home against the Packers. Yeah, at, those are both games. At two, I have the Patriots. I mean, they struggled against the Eagles. I still don't know how good the Eagles are. They're at five and five. They're the most mediocre team in the league. But With flashes I, of brilliance. Exactly. So we'll see... I'm interested to see how the Eagles Seahawks game plays out this week. I think that'll that's their last test um, before they go into like Miami and the Redskins twice, then the Giants twice. So yeah. the Eagles have a really good shot of finishing out the year, um, winning the division. And then I number one, I have the Ravens. Their offense is just too good, and that defense, that secondary is too much. So I have them at number one, taking out my top ten. Okay. Cool. Uh, so real quick, my top 10, I have Minnesota at number 10. Um, I probably should have them higher, but I just, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I keep, I just keep thinking this week's going to be the week they topple and they just turn back into the team. I expect them. 
Um, they have three primetime games out of five, I think, coming up, something oh, wow. like that. Uh-oh. So that's that. If history serves correctly, that's a, a bad sign for Kirk Cousins. He's second in the league in touchdowns right now. Yeah, he. You you were right. He has been surprisingly good this year. So um, we'll see and if has been good in primetime games. So um, that stat hasn't been very good. I thought I was coming into this week with this hot take that I have Oakland in my top 10. I was going to put them at 10. Um, but uh, Colin Coward also had him in his top 10, so all of a sudden I'm second place now. Um, oh, that's really good. But I do have the Oakland at number nine. Their offensive line has looked great. Richie Incognito, I did not expect that guy to be able to come out and play, but he's been playing. Um, And then Trent Brown obviously is really good. And then all of their, at least their offensive rookies, are working out. Josh Jacobs has really turned out for them. Yeah, Josh Jacobs looks like one of the best running backs in the league. He's he's a very aggressive runner. I really like him. Runter, Runter, Hunter Renfro. Um, oh, yeah. Looks like a great wide receiver. Yeah, I love him out of Clemson. Um, and then D. Waller is not a rookie, but he kind oh, yeah. of is. So I don't know if you know his story. Is it like the Ben Simmons rookie thing? Um, no. So okay. he he was drafted, I believe, by the Ravens. Um, but he had a drug addiction problem. I think he had pain pill addiction. Wow. So he was actually kicked out of the league, at least for, I think, for a year. Maybe he's been out of the league, I think, a couple years. Um, I don't think he played at all in Baltimore. I think he was cut before the season Mm -hmm. started. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been having an amazing year at Oakland. Um, And everybody loves him. He's a great guy. Like, you kind of come out of that situation one of two ways, and I'm so glad he came out the way he did. Yeah, me too, because he's on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> good pickup that and Jalen Samuels. Um, good pickups by you. Um, yeah. Number seven, I also have. Oh no, sorry, I have Kansas City at number eight. Um, okay, this was really wow. tough for me. Um, just with with without Tyreek Hill, that offense is not very dynamic. I don't know how the Chiefs win games without explosive plays. Like they're not the type of team that's going to dink and dunk you like they're mm-hmm. honestly like McCoy's decent and Damian Williams isn't bad, but their run game isn't very good. Daryl Williams shocked me this week. Um, he's pretty dang good picking up for daily Damian Williams going out of this game. Um, you, the fact that they have two D Williams on their team is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Like, but, and then they have DT who unfortunately hasn't gotten on the field yet. Uh, very much um but yeah i just haven't been their their defense has stepped up a little bit and they did make turnovers when they needed them um but i just haven't been impressed with their offense when without especially without tyreek hill Uh, i think this team relies too much on mahomes it's they kind of remind me of like the packers the past few years before this year where it's like mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers has an amazing game, they probably win. If he doesn't, they don't. I mean, even, but it, I mean, against the, 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 not the chargers, the, the, the Cole, who did they lose to the, the Titans against the yeah. Titans who they shouldn't have lost to anyways, but he had like something like 446 yards and four touchdowns and they still lost. 
So, I mean, that tells you something about the team, I think. Um, they had so many shots to win that game, and the one, yeah, they didn't. So, Kansas City, yeah. number eight, I look forward to moving them up as the season goes on, but I am not. Their, their defense is just a liability. Yeah, their defense needs to. I I, I really do like Matthew, I, the Honey Badger. He's amazing. The rest of their team, Frank Clark has stepped up a little bit, but I just, I don't know. I have too many questions about that team to put them any higher. So I'm at number eight. Yeah. Uh, I have the Texans at number seven. I know they got throttled by the Ravens. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, we're kind of going over, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. But basically they missed what I believe to be a very obvious pass interference on DeAndre Hopkins for a touchdown. Not going to say that decided the game against Mason, but it would have made it Mm -hmm. a lot closer to where mm-hmm. the fact that um, my running back went out of the game in the second quarter. I mean, you can keep making excuses, but like, it's fine. Like Cooper Cup's fumble at the goal line. Yeah, and Cooper yeah. Cup fumbled at the goal line. Fortunately, it went out at the one. Anyways, I'm going to stop. I, I lost. I'm going to stop. Like, anyways, it should have, at the very least, this game should have been 41 to 14, but I think after that play, they kind of just got stuck on that play. Like, they were very competitive up until that that. that that play when they lost and then they lost the challenge can't believe they lost the challenge um but i I think this game would have been closer without that um so i expect them to to really bounce back against the colts and have a a good game this week um i'm very happy to say that i have the patriots at number six outside my top five this defense is probably still the top defense in the league i know that their stats have been boosted by the, the teams they've played, but they still look pretty dang good. The only team they haven't looked good against is the Ravens, and I don't see any defense looking good against the Ravens. They just have too many different types of threats and they're too diverse offense to not give defenses issues. Um, but their offense has looked terrible. Like, Brady looks like a shell of himself. He doesn't have very many weapons. I mean... Edelman has had to become a star and he's just not that level of wide receiver. Um, no. Nikhil Harry did come back and he did look pretty good. Um, so we'll see how he gets in that offense. I just think this offense is really missing Gronkowski. Um, and so I, I could be wrong. I could be overreacting, but I have him at number six. They're still, by the way, they're still going to get a bye week. They're not going to lose very many games. They just have too easy of a schedule. They do have a few games. I do think they end up losing that first spot to the Ravens, but I think they're just kind of locked in at this point for the second. Yeah. Um, number four, I actually have the 49ers. Um, okay. They were losing most of the game to the, the, the Cardinals. They went down 16-0 and really early. Um, they just barely managed to score with 31 seconds left. Um, and the Cardinals still had a shot. Um, but the first down, the receiver fumbled. They forced a four and out turnover of downs. And with two seconds left, the game was over at this point. Yeah. They made tried to make a hook and ladder play, but the the, the player just threw it <laughs> past to nobody. The defender went in, picked it up, picked it up, went in the end zone, and screwed over everybody who had bet on this game. Earlier that day, I had bet on both the 
Broncos and the Cardinals to win because Jeez. they had ten point covers. Uh, the, the Broncos did cover. The great Cardinals should have co- covered, but because of a dumb two second play, they screwed me over, and apparently they screwed over Las Vegas because them pushing is really bad for parlays. Uh, number four, I have the Saints. Um, I think they're a really wow. good team. Um, I think that Falcons loss was a little bit of rust, a little bit of kind of a trap game, a little bit of rivalry, a little bit of the Falcons are actually looking really good now. So they've had a few good weeks in a row That's that they looked good. Um, so I have the Saints at number four. I, it might be a little high, but I think they had a convincing win over the Buccaneers, and no team has been able to convincingly put down the Buccaneers this 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 year, really. Um, so number yeah. three, number three, I have the Seahawks. Um, they're just really good. Um, Russell Wilson is still Wilson. my clear MVP, just because I think the Ravens aren't as successful, but they could still be successful with with a subpar quarterback. I just think their their offense and their defense is good. Lamar yeah. Jackson is is just amazing. Like I don't want to take anything away from him, but his team is stacked. Whereas the Seahawks just without Russell Wilson, I it, I don't think their running game is as good as we thought and their wide receivers aren't good. So without yeah. Russell Wilson, they they have zero pass threat. I don't I, I mean Josh Gordon is good. I I kind of Tyler like, Lockett, Josh Gordon. Tyler but, Lo- Tyler Lockett isn't is I think looks a lot better because of Russell Wilson. Oh yeah. Like oh, I, sure. I I think he's probably a wide receiver three most most teams around the league. He'd be uh, the wide right receiver one on the Eagles. Yeah, probably, but at the beginning of the season I wouldn't have put him there, but no. Yeah. Um, and if, in case you've been following along, number two, that means I have number two. I have the Packers. Um, okay. I do have them as my team to beat in the NFC. I do think they're the best team in the NFC, and I think they're the best shot the NFC has at beating the number one team in the Ravens. Um, okay. I, we've said enough about the Ravens, so I just want to throw this out there really quick. I know I've gone really long, but you can just suck it. Um, I like to imagine the alternate universe where Lamar Jackson just was drafted as a running back instead of a quarterback. <laughs> like, can you imagine what the things he could do as a running back? Like, I think he would be on par with Christian McCaffrey on, on terms of success. Like he just, mm-hmm. I think he would have been amazing as a running back. Don't get me wrong. I'm really glad he's a quarterback. Cause he turns out he can throw the ball like no other. Um, yeah, but looks like Michael Vick. Yeah, he yeah. does look like Michael Vick. I think Michael Vick had slightly stronger arm. He had a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But like Lamar Jackson has like like flick of the wrist thing where he just like flicks his wrist and the ball travels 30 yards. So I don't know. Like he just makes it throwing it look effortless. And then he kind of has that side side throw as well, which I've always really liked. Uh, Mm. Like it, it really helps. You saw it this week when he's trying to get away from like a a sack to kind of throw it around the rusher. Um, Oh yeah. But anyways, that's my top 10. I think the Ravens cool. are the best team in the NFL. Yeah. Um, team the beat right now. Yeah, 100%. They just looked so good. Um, they're going to probably make the Rams not look very good this week. Um, again, I said it when Marcus Peters was, was traded. I have a guarantee on this game that Marcus Peters 
intercepts Jared Goff. I guarantee <laughs> it. Um, anyways, okay. thanks for joining us, Logan. It's been really fun to have you on. Um, been good. And, it's been fun. Yeah. And then thanks for listening. Thanks. Follow us at OC Bystanders. Tweet us. Email us. Whatever. Get in contact. Yeah, with email us. us. <laughs> However you want. <laughs> yeah, you can figure out our email address. Add us yeah. on MySpace. Yeah. 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 But anyways, yeah, thanks for listening. See you next week. Peace. Yeah.